So, uh, Glenn, um, there's this uh, situation where uh, people like to discuss the endings of movies without uh, telling people, and then uh, it's it's all safe. It's very healthy. It's safe. Uh, But a lot of people get upset about that, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's mm-hmm. courteous to warn people that there are spoilers before discussing the end of a film. And uh, again, very safe, nothing to worry about. It's very healthy. Oh. Uh, this podcast contains spoilers for Light of My Life. Um, you have been warned. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel Magusto. That's me, uh, Miguel Magusto. My I was about sweet... to say Mario, but that is not me. I'm yeah, not how, a Mario. How dare you? I know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How dare I? Uh, how you doing, Glenn? I am I'm doing my damnedest, as we all are. Mm-hmm, how are mm-hmm. you, my sweet baby cherry? I am also doing my damnedest. Mm-hmm. Um you know, my film shoot is a month away, so I'm a little bit uh, frantic about that, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm confident that that should go well. I would feel a lot better about it if it wasn't three hours away from home. True. Um, that adds a lot of uh, and pressure. And also in the middle of a pandemic, sadly. In the middle of a pandemic, yeah. Um, but yeah, if or it, crossing fingers end of a pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> or even if I knew the the person who owned the location well. Yeah, but you know it is what it is. But uh, let's jump into it. What movies have you seen this week? Mm-hmm. So I finished the show that I uh, talked about last week called Berserk. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually a really really well done uh, series that is on HBO. Um, it was only one season, and then they came out with some movies eventually, so I finished that season. I was This was all fully recommended to me by my viewers, so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll give it a shot. So I watched the season, and then watched the three movies that were on Netflix. All of them really, really well done. Obviously, the movies kind of condensed what the first season was. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and, this is a Berserk or something? Yeah, this is called Berserk. Okay. Um, and a lot of fans really uh, despise the some some of them despise the movies because the because they don't you know articulate everything that was from the season you know yeah but I mean they were all very well done they had some like two or three different animation styles within the uh, within the movies but yeah. it, it was all it was all cool um, so I finished that I'll eventually get to season two because they released that in like two thousand six or something and moving on to actual movies. Um, Sound of Metal. Oh, mm. yeah. <laughs> See, I love all the movies that I watched this week because I knew I was like, I'm going to put this on. And I know what Mike's going to say, so I'm just going <laughs> to wait for it. And lo and behold, each time I posted a movie, you're like, oh, the cream of the crop is in my pants. Oh, <laughs> dear God. I think I, think I called you a dirty slut. Like, yeah, you're getting me hard with these, these movies, you dirty slut. <laughs> you dirty slut. So I watched that. Uh, you talked about that, uh, I think that was last week or two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, fantastic film. They did so well with just the audio alone. And then, oh, absolutely. Uh, easily my favorite uh, Riz Ahmed performance so mm-hmm. far i've only seen a few so i can't like say it is his best but have you seen i don't think this movie is his best but i'm curious have you seen four lions i have not okay um it's a movie about terrorists but it's mm-hmm. like a, it's a comedy about terrorists yeah 
but also has a, a gut-wrenching ending. Yeah. Uh, I won't say anything more than that. Okay. He's definitely better in Sound of Metal than he is in Four Lions, but Four Lions is really good, and I feel like yeah. it doesn't get enough credit because okay. it is kind of genre-bending. Anyway, right. just wanted to bring up Four Lions. So, yeah, Sound, <laughs> Sound of Metal was awesome. It was great. Um, and then I watched a short film that uh, that is on Netflix called Canvas. Uh, I will get into that not right now. <laughs> mm. And then I watched a movie called I'm Thinking of Ending of Things. Or, oh! Jesus, I'm Thinking of Ending of Things, which... Yeah. Uh, which I knew would also get your rocks off there. <laughs> um, but uh, so I actually watched this movie because, uh, you know, my cousin Steven. Yeah. Um, he actually told me like a, two months ago that he watched this movie. I'm like, wait, you just watched that movie? He's like, yeah, it's really good. You should watch it. I'm like, well, if, if you and Mike watched that movie before I've watched that movie... What am I doing with my life? And then, I mean, if it was just me, that'd be one thing. Yeah, but, <laughs> but he, they're not really movie people yeah. in uh, the this, this Steve household. Uh, so its I was just like, wait, you watched that movie? Out of all movies? I was like, <laughs> well, I got to get my shit together. So I finally watched that. That was uh, incredible. I didn't know what the hell was going on most of the time. And then I kind of like started to evaluate it. And by evaluate, I mean looked up other people's answers on what the fuck was going on. Mm-hmm. And then it all sunk in. I'm like, Jesus, I'm dumb. Oh, yeah. But at the same it's, time, it's not all just given to you. So Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of the analysis uh, are done by people who have read the book. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely something that you probably benefit more from if you've read the book. Mm-hmm. Or if you've watched it multiple times. I, I say, I've only watched second it watch is definitely granted. Yeah. I have this ability, and it started with The Fountain, of knowing that I like something without fully understanding why, yeah, uh, or w- uh, what it's about, and that is definitely one of those movies where, like, I know for a fact I love it. I just mm. kind of when I first watched it was like a deer in headlights, like what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that was an excellent film, especially after catching up on what the hell was actually going on, and I'm mm-hmm. just sitting there like, well, oh my god, that's so really well done. But I mean, that first try, my brain melted into small scoops of uh, Oreo burr. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was an amazing film. And the last one that I watched is one that I had watched a lot of parts of because obviously I worked at the movies. Um, but I had never actually sat down and watched the whole thing. And that was Uncut Gems mm-hmm. by the Safety Brothers. It's got Adam Sandler in it. Um, what an excellent movie. Like, yeah. Holy, holy shit. That movie um, is like two hours of just anxiety. Yeah, just straight chaos. Yeah, <laughs> straight chaos. Adam Sandler is great in it. Yeah. Um, definitely one of his top tier uh, yeah. roles that he's ever played. Well, I don't think he should have won the Oscar, but yeah. he definitely should have at least been nominated. Oh, his, his dramatic roles are always a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, personally, the only reason he, he wasn't nominated is his character is more or less... Uh, you know, most it's not a likable character, but no. it's not supposed to be likable. Yeah, and I mean that it's kind of a bummer that he didn't. Um, yeah, but uh, besides that, it was an excellent movie, um, and that's really all I all I watched so far yeah. besides uh, our movie. Well, I just got to tell you, I'm a little bit jealous uh, just of the uh, <laughs> quality of films you're watching. Not that I'm not watching a quality of films, yeah. but because I am striving to get that uh, 366 for the year mm-hmm. uh, average of a movie a day, I am watching a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, that's not to say everything's shit. There's a lot of really good things in here, but it's there's just... There's gems in there, but there's not I'm not uncut being, gems. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 
stop. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not as uh, picky about the movies I'd be watching. Yeah, uh, the, as, as I normally am. Uh, this week I started off by watching the live action remake of Mulan. Because okay. uh, unlike an idiot who paid thirty dollars for it, and they also had Disney Plus back mm-hmm. in September, I read, "Hey, they're going to release it on Disney Plus for everyone December fourth. Yep. Why not just wait? And if you know, I die between now and then, I'm not really striving <laughs> to see it anyway, so it's not that big of a deal. Uh, I did not die to see it. This movie is uh, subpar at best. Yeah. Um. I, after watching it, watched a 30-minute YouTube video of a uh, um, Chinese-American woman. I believe she's American. She's definitely Chinese. If she's not American, her English is impeccable. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, American accent, not like English accent like a lot of uh, international people have. Um, And she just tore it to shreds talking about, like, how racist it is and and everything. And uh, just how it, it... did an injustice to the uh, legend of Mulan, um, or the Ballad of Mulan, I believe is what it's technically called. Yeah. And, uh, you know, honestly, I feel like after this, she said that this, while they were striving to be more honorable to the Chinese tradition that is Mulan, is somehow more racist than the cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a white guy, so I have no... I have no right talking about whether or not it's racist, but I she, like obviously she made a lot of really compelling points, and it's really kind of funny done in a very cynical way, and made a very good point that if you're trying to be uh, respectful to the culture and everything, why hire a white woman to direct? Yeah, like it for this she um, they took a step in the the, the woman category, but yeah, you know, I still misstepped. She I don't. Th- remember if she said this but i kind of got the feeling it probably would have been better if they hired if it like a a chinese man uh man to direct it Mm -hmm. uh obviously a chinese woman would be preferable but like the chinese aspect is more important than the woman aspect of it Mm -hmm. uh, at least for chinese culture um it's a very subpar movie it's not compelling at all there's there are some humorous points um Mainly, it's like the guys cuddling and everything. Yeah, uh, which is I don't know. Guys cuddling just reminds me of my friends, and <laughs> I, so it's it's always funny to me. Um, you know, just, oh yeah, that's me and my friends right there. Anyway, uh, the, so yeah, it's okay. Uh, it's not okay. It's bad, but it's not yeah. terrible. Uh, then I watched a movie uh, called The Road to Wellville, which is about I forget his first name. I think it's George. Or something, uh, the guy who uh, created cornflakes, Mr. Kellogg. Yeah, you really are kind of scraping the barrel for these movies, aren't you? Well, this one is an early 90s movie with um, uh, John Cusack, Anthony Hopkins, Bridget Fonda, Matthew Broderick, Dana Carvey. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's got a whole bunch of of, uh, well-known people in it. It's pretty funny. Uh, The whole thing is about how insane... um, uh, Mr. Kellogg is he had like this health spa where he would like force people to be abstinent and everything and and oh which is where the legend that uh cornflakes were created to prevent mas- masturbation which isn't true but it was like based off his actual beliefs. <laughs> Let's say they're doing a terrible job for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's it's a very dark 90s comedy. It's it's 
it's it's I enjoyed it for it being like a scraping the bottom of a barrel thing. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of scraping the bottom of the barrel, I watched a uh, '80s cop drama called Alien Nation, in which James Caan is a police detective who has an alien partner. Um, the Sounds thing is familiar. The thing is, it's not a comedy. It's just a sci-fi movie that is done very straightforward and serious. Yeah. Uh, again, it's not terrible. It's not great. I'll never watch it again, just like the past three movies I talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of movies I've watched this year that I will never watch again. Um, but yeah, that was Alienation. Then I realized I had never seen the Santa Claus in full with uh, Tim Allen. So I watched the Santa Claus. <laughs> And then I said, hey. Let's say I know what the lineup for this is, so it's kind of funny. Hey, I watched the Santa Claus. Why don't I watch Santa Claus 2? So I watched (laughs) Santa Claus 2. And I was like, you know what? There's only one more. And this one has Martin Short. So maybe I should watch Santa Claus 3. So I watched Santa Claus 3. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, as expected, got progressively worse and worse. Um, The Santa Claus is obviously the best one. It's a people regard it as a classic. I don't know if I'd go that far, but it is entertaining. Uh, and then, yeah, it just keeps getting worse and worse to where the third one, the third one only has a plot for the last 20 minutes and it's resolved very quickly. Oh, and no. Very, yeah, it's and, the only one of the three that I have not seen. Yeah, it's it's not good. Um, but, I mean, it's got Martin Short, so mm-hmm. there you go. Then I watched Wolf Walkers, which is... Uh, the newest feature film from Cartoon Saloon, who's done Breadwinner, Song of the Sea, Secret of the Kells. And it is just as good as I was expecting. It's fantastic. That's amazing. Co- uh, combines beautiful artistry with uh, Irish lore, wonderful music, great sequences, and a very inspiring, beautiful story. Uh, can't recommend Wolfwalkers enough. If you want to get a Apple TV Plus trial and just watch that, like, Fuck everything else on there. Just watch Wolf Walkers. Although Apple TV Plus does have some good stuff on there, but it is you know lacking compared to other things. Just because yeah. they're still trying to get up up and going, and didn't have a backed ca- uh, backed up cal- catalog like Disney did. That's um, true. But yeah, that's Wolf Walkers. Then I watched Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, I like martial arts movies, but I hate wire work. Yeah. So uh, while I understand why people like this, the wire work completely ruined it for me, which I know this is what it's famous for, is, you know, essentially them all flying, but it just made it laughable to me. Um, I hate movies with immature teenagers who are in love, which is (laughs) another plot in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, I didn't hate the movie, but I definitely did not love it as much as a lot of people do. Um, It's got beautiful performances from Michelle Yeoh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Xiao Young Fat and Zhang Ziyi, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, but yeah, it's just not for me. I don't like the the cheesiness of the wires. Yeah, this is a uh, this is one of those movies I actually have to rewatch because I watched yeah. it in like twenty fourteen, fifteen, roughly. So it's been like a long time. Somebody was like, "Oh, you're gonna start watching a lot of movies." Here's a classic, and then hit me with that. I was like, <laughs> that was not me. That that brought no, up. it was it was not. Um, but yeah, like I, I get it. But every time they were on the ground fighting, I was like, why don't you just stay on the ground? <laughs> why do you need to fly? Yeah, like it's just, it's just 
it ruined it for me. Uh, then I watched Ava with Je- uh, Jessica Chastain, Colin Farrell, um, Common is in there, and so is John Malkovich. Yeah, I was eyeing that one up on Netflix. I'm like, it's okay. Yeah, it's a it's a kick ass woman spy assassin type movie, um, but it doesn't have anything that really sticks out. Uh, Colin Farrell's really good in it. Jessica Chastain's pretty good in it. John Malkovich is good in it, but the story is lacking. Yeah. Then I watched a fucking bizarre movie called An Evening with Beverly Luff Lynn, uh, oh. which has Jemaine Clement, uh, Craig Robinson, Aubrey Plaza, and Emile Hirsch, and Matt Berry. Uh, it's just Quite a, a cast. Yeah, it's just a really weird um, comedy that is about this woman who's unhappy in her marriage and she sees that her ex-boyfriend or lover or something is holding a magical event in a nearby hotel. So she runs away with this guy that uh, held her husband up at gunpoint to steal money from him <laughs> and, and went to a hotel. It's just really weird. It's it's funny. It's done really, like, stylistically. So mm-hmm. it's, you, like, it's always meant to be a joke and it's just... It's better than I expected for being me just feeling, oh, this one's an hour and a half. I'll watch it. Yeah. <clears throat> then I watched uh, Pottersville, which is with Michael uh, Michael Shannon, Judy Greer, Thomas Lennon, Ron Perlman, Christina Hendricks, and Ian McShane. It's about this guy who finds out – he walks in on his wife and finds out she's a furry and she's <laughs> – not technically having an affair with the sheriff played by Ron Perlman, but he he's also a fairy. And they're not having sex, but they're rubbing each other while in their furry costumes. Yeah. Uh, and he makes a very big point to point that out. He's like, we weren't having sex. We were just rubbing each other. <laughs> um, and then he gets drunk and, uh, you know, trying to get her back, dresses up as a gorilla, but he looks like Bigfoot because it's Michael Shannon and he's tall. Yeah. So then everyone thinks... Uh, just because he was doing dumb shit because he was drunk on moonshine that um, Bigfoot is in their town and it creates this boom. This Bigfoot, this famous Bigfoot hunter comes and finds him. It's a whole thing. Uh, it's a Christmas movie. It's a weird Christmas movie. It's an entertaining Christmas movie. Um, but it is uh, okay. It's Got it. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, then I watched... 7500 or 7500, um, which is a movie about a pilot who uh, his plane has hijackers trying to hijack him. Uh, He's able to lock them out of the um, cockpit. And it's just the whole moral struggle of, you know, he knows people, hostages are being killed back there, but he can't do anything about it because if he does, more people will die. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's got Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's really the only known name in there. Honestly, it's very intense and, uh, and um, you know, really strong movie. The ending is a little bit weak, but yeah. overall it's a strong movie. Then I watched uh, Happiest Season, which is with uh, um, Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, uh, Allison Brie, Aubrey Plaza again, um, Dan Levy. And it's a, about a lesbian couple who goes to visit one of their parents, but she's the one co- uh, woman is not out to her parents, so they pretend that they're roommates, and shenanigans and sadness occur. Um, it's a decent I movie. Like, I feel like I've seen this. You said it was Dan, with Dan Levy, right? Yeah, it's on Hulu. Yeah, I think I've seen the uh, a trailer for this or something. Yeah, it's it's okay. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's a solid Christmas movies. I feel like are rarely going to be amazing. Most of them are just like, oh, it's the holiday season. Let me watch this. Yeah, feel good movie. There we go. Okay. And then I watched Where'd You Go, Bernadette, with um, uh, Kate Blanchett, uh, Billy Crudup, uh, Steve Zane, Kristen Wiig, Lawrence Fishburne. A whole bunch of people are in there. Directed by Richard Linklater, and it's about this woman who kind of has like a mental breakdown and escapes to Antarctica. Uh, and this got ripped apart by critics a lot. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just because it's like shortly after he did boyhood but i don't see why they ripped it apart i mean it's several years before he did boy or after he did boyhood but yeah. richard linklater's i guess got a higher standards to his name than that um but i thought it was decent you know it's nothing that you're gonna go tell people to watch or anything but it's mm-hmm. a, it's a solid movie i i had no problems with it really um but yeah those are all the movies i watched <laughs> so close only got 16 days left in the year. Yeah. And then I can watch good, <laughs> only good movies again. And you can watch regular movies at your full will. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, let's get into some news. I heard mm-hmm. you have some news. Yeah, there's kind of a, a huge bomb with uh, with Disney Plus here this week. It's kind of insane. Um, I guess I could start off with last week we talked about uh, Spider-Man 3 and all the people that are going to be that. It is now rumored that Willem Dafoe... And uh, Tom Tom Hayden Church, yeah. Thomas Hayden Church, yeah. Thomas Hayden Church, yeah. That they're they're rumored to now maybe be possibly in as well, which is it sounds like a lot, and it's wrapping my mind around some Justice League themes, or <laughs> you know. But uh, so there's talks of that, um, and with with Disney Plus, they dropped two huge bombs. There's Star Wars and Marvel lineups. So, uh, with Marvel, they announced Hawkeye, Eternals, there's Spider-Man 3, obviously, um, uh, Doctor Strange, uh, Multiverse of Madness, uh, they showed, a, it was pretty much, they showed a bunch of stuff and just what their catalog is going to be in the future. Thor, mm-hmm. Love and Thunder, Black Panther 2, and then the, the list goes on and on with uh, She-Hulk, there's Captain Marvel 2, Moon Knight, yeah, and it's it's, it's a lot. And, uh, oh, did, did you say that they're all going to be released on Disney TV or Disney Plus? Uh, well, I would assume that most of them are going to be trying to hit for theaters eventually. But uh, I would hope so. Yeah, but eventually they, all of these will be on. And they even announced the uh, Fantastic Four film. Yeah, that's being thought about it. So there's a lot a lot of that. I would recommend maybe looking up the article instead of me just raining or randomly naming things mm-hmm. um, because I'm about to do that again with Star Wars as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Obi-Wan, Mandalorian Season 3, Star Wars Lego Season Holiday thing, The Bad Batch, uh, a prequel to Rogue One. Um, which Wait, the, the Bad Batch, like the Western movie? Uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch. I don't know if it's like... Involved. Probably, I'm, not a, I'm not like the biggest Star Wars fan. I know my buddy uh, Josh is really into Star Wars, so he would for sure nor, or, uh, know more yeah. than me. Um, but that's that's a that's a title there. Um, yeah. A sequel or a prequel to Rogue One, um, with uh, Diego Luna's character. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not looking forward to that, honestly. No yeah, offense he to need Diego a Luna, but uh, 
Rogue One was awesome, and I don't need any f- future or past context past what we already have. For real. Like, context sometimes ruins things. Mm-hmm. Um, the Obi-Wan series, and they announced with that they're going to have a, a new Obi-Wan and Darth Vader fight, which fans are pretty actually kind of upset about and happy about. Um, because apparently in the in the first movie, there's like a, a talk between this two, like a dialogue between the two that says they haven't fought in so long. It's like, oh, I'm the master, and now you're the, you're the paddle, whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> and there's a new Taika Waititi movie coming out. And just that, there's a whole bunch of shit. Apparently, also, Ryan Johnson might be doing a trilogy, which I don't know how Disney's going to let that. I, I mean, I'm personally for it. Me but, too. Uh, the, the fans who think that he ruined Star Wars are fucking stupid. Yeah. He, he tried to do something different with Star Wars, and what we got because of all their bitching was a very extremely terrible softball of a finale for the, mm-hmm. the the Skywalker saga and it's all their fault um, yeah. I do partially uh, no I don't blame him I was going to say I blame him for Finn kind of becoming a lesser character but no he set up Finn and the that uh, one character as well to have bigger parts in 3 but then they backtracked on that because of the negative reaction and 3 was just Terrible there's moment. there's a lot of fingers that could be pointing in many different yeah. directions, but Agreed. it all comes down to Disney rushed the trilogy too fast, didn't have a game plan, so everybody was just on their toes thinking of what they could, and everybody blamed Ryan Johnson because um, the other guy whose name I can't freaking remember right now, JJ Abrams, yeah, JJ Abrams, obviously did a better job at least as in creating the whole thing. But, I mean, he did one and he did three. So, I mean, yeah, of course one he One was a super safe yeah. Star Wars movie, which I feel like they needed. Mm-hmm. Two was adventurous. I feel like it failed a, a lot, but it also yeah. did a lot that was great. Uh, and I would have I liked to see how they continued the story instead of just backtracking and doing some uh, retconning and just mm-hmm. uh, trying to undo everything that he set up. It was just stupid. Yeah, but I mean, besides that, um, moving back over to Marvel a little bit, Charlie Cox was announced that he's going to be returning as Daredevil for Spider-Man 3, which is phenomenal for me because he was amazing in the Netflix series. And I Mm -hmm. really hope because uh, Vincent D'Onofrio has been fighting to be Kingpin again this whole time since Netflix got like their shows canceled. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, since Disney Plus bought out Marvel. so like that that is amazing news and I hope that John Bernthal and everybody can like return as their characters because John Bernthal's obviously a movie actor. He can yeah. continue doing Punisher and all Still that. Still so. waiting for Paul Giamatti. <laughs> and Toby Maguire, apparently. And to- well, I, I saw that he was seen going into a, a costume fitting. Yeah, I saw um, that as well. Granted that doesn't mean anything, that just means that you know, they're trying they they could just be trying to persuade him. Yeah. Um but yeah, that's uh I, I also saw a campaign, it's mostly a joke, but they have uh Jake Johnson reprise his role as Peter Parker or P- Peter B. Parker. Yeah. Uh who he was the voice of the adult Peter Parker in mm-hmm. um Spider Verse. And honestly I'm for that. Yeah, absolutely. John um, Mullaney as Spider Pig should <laughs> I mean that whole cast might as well just come on Yeah, in. really. Um, but that's that's most of the news that I have there. Uh, I'm not going to continue more, otherwise I'll exceed the fucking speed limit and get arrested. Um, 
but I'm sure there's uh, news that I missed, but there was just a lot of uh, Disney was holding an umbrella and all the other news was kind of just bouncing off this week. So, yeah. So uh, I guess we can move on. Yeah, let's get into Light of My Life. I'm the only girl of my species. I'm the only one I ever saw. He's young. Yeah, he was just a newborn when it happened. Do I have the plague? No, we don't have the plague. But just because people aren't getting sick anymore doesn't mean that the world is right again. When will it be right again? That's balanced. I kind of like it, just you and me. Yeah, me too. Can I help you, sir? And who are we here? It's my... This is my son. Company boy. Not looking for any more company, sir. Yeah, I bet. Parent and child journey through the outskirts of society a decade after a pandemic has wiped out half the world's population. As the father struggles to protect his child, their bond and the character of humanity is tested. It is written and directed by Casey Affleck, starring Anna Pinowski, Casey Affleck, Tom Bauer, Elizabeth Moss, uh, Timothy Weber, a whole bunch of, uh, you know, lower tier actors. Not that they're bad, just... Most people would not know their names. I was just saying, um, and also most most of the cast is literally just like two people for the most part. So. Yeah, and they're they're all very small parts in comparison to yeah. Casey Affleck and Anna Panyowski. Um But uh, the reason I wanted to wanted us to watch this movie, um, I I really like movies like this. Uh, my newest film is kind of like this, um, a little bit, not as hopeful. But mm-hmm. it's it's definitely like this, uh, you know. It, it has a strong r- the road vibes. Yeah, uh, it's a post apocalyptic movie, but also not really because there is still a semblance of society in it, which yeah. uh, I found pretty refreshing. Yeah, for sure. Instead of just like uh, everybody hunting for food and everything, it was just like there is a society in in the the whole world that there is, but nobody's really trusted because you know girls really don't exist and i guess we yeah. can obviously talk about that here in a minute um yeah but yeah it was it was refreshing to see like an actual world that is there but they're afraid to go into it because it's not actually formed the way you know we have our society today yeah and i feel like that's how a actual apocalypse would happen mm-hmm. um so so the way this world came about is a disease came a plague came that only affected women. Mm-hmm. So the majority, if not all of the population of women uh, had died with the exception of a few, obviously, including uh, Anna Pinyowski's character, who is Rag. Casey Affleck's daughter. Um, yeah. Her name is rag short for raggedy Ann. And, uh, <clears throat> and uh, so th- th- it, it, it really does a good job at, explaining why they've kind of secluded themselves mm-hmm. from society, or at least why he's trying to keep her away from society. Um, because in a world without women, unfortunately, terrible things would probably happen to 
the closest thing to a woman in a 200 mile radius. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought it was a really delicate examination of a father daughter relationship mm-hmm. and, a, you know, where they literally have no one else to rely on. There's no aunt, there's no mom. Uh, there's not even like a, a, a grandparent or uncle, like everyone is dead. Everyone that they know is dead. And, yep. um, I th- I thought that it was very smart to open the scene with a 12 minute bedtime story. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, it might not sound like a good idea if you pitch it, but like the story is compelling enough. The reaction is compelling enough. The interaction between the two is compelling enough where I fucking love that opening scene personally. Well, it also sets up the whole thing for like how the actual world is for them. Yeah, um, it's talking about basically it's Noah's Ark, but in, you know, uh, what's his name? Casey but, oh yeah, that's right. They never actually named this, which is another thing that I love. They never actually named a father; it was always just dad. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's basically talking about Noah's Ark and how they had to have two of each species, and uh, you know, and then she's like, "Well, there's not really two of each species, is there?" And then. Uh, obviously the genders, but they it, it formed a whole nice talk and conversation and story about how basically the world is and how like kind of this this species itself doesn't actually have two, or mm-hmm. at least they most of them died out. Um, so it was really cool to open up to that and just the you know just get get the connection between the two characters, obviously, yeah. and open that up. Definitely, and it's it's. It it was a it's a really charming story too because like she kept it really built their their relationship well because she kept like interrupting him and telling him not to do things or mm-hmm. telling him like oh you've already told me this story oh this story is not original and he he reacted in the way every dad was like if you let me finish I'll, mm-hmm. I'll I'll get to it um or yeah that's that's totally a story for another time but I'm gonna keep going now <laughs> yeah yeah and and I I thought it just it it really introduced them in a, a very clean organized way and even though it's 12 minutes it, it goes by extremely fast um and you know kind of like you said it builds the whole world in in just that story um and another thing that i loved about this and i i, I like all of his music but uh the the compo- the the soundtrack for it was incredible mm-hmm. um it's the composer is a uh, what's his name daniel hart he did movies like comet uh, a ghost story uh, ain't them body the saints comet. yeah he he's he's done a lot of really great um com- uh compositions and and scores and and it just the hopeful tone of the score never really made you afraid Really, yeah. uh, like it just it it made the world feel normal, unlike you know other movies like this where everything is just so bleak. And I love the road, yeah. but it is an extremely bleak movie. Whereas this, with the title "Light of My Life," definitely has some lighter tones and is more human and hopeful than a lot of its uh, other counterparts. Yeah. It really is. And, I mean, this would make it, like, a, a good companion piece to the road. I would love to, like, go back-to-back with those two movies. Definitely. I would love to also see other movies besides The Road in this one. Like, what other movies are there, technically? Um, let's see. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of Apocalypse movies, but yeah. none are really just, like, two people. Yeah, just traveling around. along. There is one that 
is not an apocalyptic movie, but it's about a father and daughter who are kind of like nomads. It's called Leave No Trace. Mm-hmm. came out two years ago with Thomas and McKenzie uh, from Jojo Rabbit and uh, Ben Foster. Um, that's a l- slightly similar to it, but without the apocalyptic aspect yeah. to it. Uh, I feel like a lot of other apocalypse movies are either zombie movies or um, true like disaster movies. Um, but yeah, there was another there was another point in the beginning of the movie where they're they're kind of like sharing another story. It's the girl talking about how, how she's reading this book and she's like talking about morals and um, ethics. Ethics, yes, and uh, it kind of that, that was like a major thing throughout the rest of the movie because basically they're talking they're just talking about this book but in reality it's more they're talking about dad Casey Affleck's character um the rest of the film because uh they're talking about how in the book or the character in the book how he has to he lies all the time and how he's just a um not not a really good person because he lies all the time except for the one that he loves or something like that and then he doesn't lie to them he doesn't lie or like doesn't like do wrong and it kind of yeah. it kind of like delivers what dad is like the rest of the movie but i would assume obviously for different reasons compared to the book and the uh and obviously dad um but yeah, yeah like that uh that early on was like oh well Holy crap! I'm gonna remember that. Yeah, and I and I, I honestly didn't even pick up on that um, until you started saying. Uh, it also kind of goes with uh, him not carrying any weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's never really brought up until they go to this house that used to be his grandparents' house. Now there's three other men there, uh, but they're they're good guys more or less. And uh, they the one of them asks if he has a weapon, and he says no. So he's he's obviously like a pacifist. Yeah. Um, or like just doesn't want his daughter to be raised around weapons and, and, you know, will always go for peace if he can. Even when he hijacks a car, he he just tells the guy, hey, I'm taking your car. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But I'm taking your car. Doesn't even threaten him. He just says, I'm taking your He's car. He's just like, I'm, I'm, um, I'm taking your car. You're a nice guy and you know this is this is right, but I can't tell you why. But yeah. Um, yeah, and and it it like he's he's just peaceful the entire time. He doesn't pick fights. He's always, uh, it's always comes down to flight over fight, mm-hmm. um, which when you have a kid is the correct response. Otherwise, you might die. Yeah, uh, but and then in the 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 one of the final scenes when there's a like a home invasion, and uh, Rag gets out, but he doesn't he fights for his life. Like he, it's the whole morals versus ethics thing where like his morals are not to fight, but his ethics are, if he is being attacked, he will fight. If his kid is being attacked, he will fight. And I, I didn't make that connection until you brought that up. Well, um, you're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Look at Glenn with the big brain. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but it's, it, uh, which brings me to my next point, the fight scenes in this. Yeah are so brutal without having those obnoxious Hollywood fight sounds. Yeah. And I fucking loved it. Like the, it's the most realistic fight sounds I've ever heard where it's not like the, like the wind going and it's just like, you know, it's also, it's also like, yeah, just straight up those noises. And then, um, no music. Yes. No music. It's just men grunting. They're not like 
learning kung fu and kicking each other in the face. It's a very it's, sloppy it's, fight. Like it's, you don't. Yeah, it's very sloppy. Kind of yeah. not even wrestling. I wouldn't even say that. But like getting close. It's all very close quarters, and they're just grappling the shit out of yeah. each other. Um, one's got a hammer. Another one's just using his head as a just a sponge on the floor, pretty much, and just you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it, it was just. It just, it just how like showing how a, a pacifist would fight when he he's forced to, very realistic and brutal. Because honestly, like the people who don't like fighting when mm-hmm. they're forced to fight, it's fucking prison rules. I don't like fighting. I I think e- even fighting for sports kind of dumb, uh, except for in hockey. For some reason, I love it in hockey. Yeah. Maybe it's just because the respect between it. But like boxing and, and UFC. I have respect for the sports, but you know the whole shit talking leading up to it really turns me off to it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in, in hockey, there's just like, hey, you want to fight? Yeah, sure, why not? Let's go for it. <laughs> yeah, well, you did this thing, and now you need to pay for it. Yeah, man. exactly. Um, but it's you know just the, how a pacifist would fight, and how it's just how messy the whole fight was. You you lost track of who was who mm-hmm. many times, and only at the last moment realized who was who. And I, I just thought it was an incredibly, for lack of a better word, brave to shoot fight sequences that messy, so to speak. Because um, c- it worked. It, it simply just worked yeah. for, for the character, for the movie. It just fit in perfectly. Um, and even even at the end of the at the fight scene, obviously they had to get a, a rag out of the out of the house before, you know, the, the men kind of took over mm-hmm. um, and got a hold of her um so they got her out of there and then when you think she went back to like the safe house that they have set up for like when this red alert this thing happens um so they're usually prepared for it um they actually have her come back and use a a gun that tom one of the one of the people living at the grandparents house at the time um came back with a shotgun that he had and you know shot shot the man who was fighting yeah who was lastly fighting uh dad yeah, but uh, blew that some bitch away. <laughs> yeah, and and there's no real questions after watching this. Like it kind of answers all the questions you have, which is rare for a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, admittedly, a lot of that is because of how simple the plot is and everything. Yeah, uh, which is completely fine. But you know, to be <clears throat> for lack of a better word, as slow moving as it is, but being compelling and building this world. Uh, that isn't like a cliche apocalypse. It's like an apocalypse that still has markets and governments and society. Just still has scientists working on on cures and and growing mm-hmm. women or female babies in labs. Yep. Uh, it, it just just through dialogue, it builds this very interesting world that uh, is just you know it's rare rare for a movie to do that, especially a, a low budget movie like this. Yeah, it, it really is, and um. Just another thing with this this movie is just like I know there's a lot of like shit that's went down with Casey Affleck in the past and stuff like that, you know, you know, personal things out in the out in real life. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he is a terrific actor and he directed and wrote this movie. I mean, yeah. he is he's a very talented human being and it really shows in this movie for yeah. sure as well. I I will say this, I have like looked at his his scandal a little bit. Mhm. And I, I, I would implore people to do the same. If there is anyone who did something bad and knows they fucked up and is trying to better themselves after fucking up, it's mm-hmm. him. Uh, th- I'm not. I haven't met him, so I don't know if that's like just his public 
persona or whatever. He could be an yeah. asshole behind the scenes. But I mean, there's still there's still directors who want to work with him on a regular basis, mm-hmm. and especially after that. Um, and is that moral or ethics? And uh, uh, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, I don't know. I'm not one to say. But out of everyone who was brought up in 2017 and rightfully brought up, uh, I feel like he's doing the most to try to change who he is. Yeah, which is honestly the best you can do, and like. What he did was terrible. For for those of you who aren't aware of what he did, uh, shooting that um, I'm Still Here documentary with Joaquin Phoenix where everyone thought Joaquin Phoenix was going to become a rapper, mm-hmm. um, he, he directed that. And while shooting that, he got drunk one night and got into bed with a fem- female producer and was trying to have sex with her. And nothing happened. He just tried to pressure her into having sex there was no you know assault just more harassment than anything very unprofessional either way uh just wanted to make that distinction um and obviously that's horrible he he tried to use his power and and standing to to do that um he you know definitely should have faced repercussions for that uh but it's not he's not like a harvey weinstein he's he's i'm trying to say this without making it sound like i'm i'm condoning or, or forgiving what he did but he seems like he's trying to make right from it yeah uh in, in the long run and you know you can't go on living life without acknowledging that people can change you, that doesn't mean you have to forgive them i'm not saying people should be a fan of him if if what he did is too much for them mm-hmm. to be a fan of him but you can acknowledge change when it happens yeah I did not expect to be talking about that. Yeah, I didn't expect that. you to go all out, but I'm glad but no, you it's did. Just, I, I re- like Casey Affleck, I've been a fan of since Gone Baby Gone. Yeah. Uh, and and the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford came out in the same month. Um, and he's he's phenomenal in both of them. So I've been a fan of his since then. And, you know, I obviously was appalled when I found out yeah. everything he did. Um, but I, I recognize change and, and remorse when I, it happens. Granted, I could be being fooled, and you, that's that's on me if I'm I, if I am being fooled by him. But I, I I think it's important to acknowledge change in someone when it happens. But that's just me. If you don't want to, that's completely by you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's your right to to not forgive people. Absolutely. Yeah. There's bedrooms with beds. I know. Can we stay? I don't think it's a safe place to be. Who is it? They're looking for me because I'm a girl. What do you want? We come in, we're very cold. I've got a little child here. Seems to me you've been at this a long time. I wonder what the toll is. You just gotta keep her close. What if someone hurt you? I'll always be with you. Even if someone tied me up and stabbed me and knocked me down and put me in a block of ice and dropped me in the bottom of the ocean. (laughs) Then I'll get up and I'll get free. I'll come find you. And I'll keep being your dad. 
Um, but yeah, I don't really have much to say. I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Um, so should we just get into the judgment? Uh, I think we probably should. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of lied last week when I said I wasn't sure if it was going to be a shelf boy or not. <laughs> I, I knew then it was going to be a shelf boy. Yeah. I just wanted to build you some just suspense. Me to watch it. I did want you to watch it and also not let people know that it, I was yeah. going to say it was a shelf boy already. Um, but yeah, I, I love this movie. It is definitely my kind of movie. Uh, I mean, my my to to be you know a little self sufficient here, self uh, self plug here, mm-hmm. shameless self plug. My next movie is similar to this in a way, um, as far as like two characters bonding in a post-apocalyptic world. Road type style thing. <laughs> road type style, which I, I wrote 10 years ago after I saw The Road, so it yeah. makes sense. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. I think it's a shelf boy. Uh, not even going to beat around the bush. Um, yeah, same. Yeah. This is, this is a fantastic movie. Um, we really didn't talk about, you know... Uh, Anna Pinowski's performance. She was fantastic. Oh, yeah. I, um, I kind of regret not talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, big regret, but for sure she was amazing and just a long... Their chemistry together was fantastic. Yeah. The world building around it was fantastic. Surprise, Elizabeth Moss was in there. I wish she, she was, was great in, in more, the few scenes she's I in. I understood. Yeah. And uh, it's overall just a beautiful movie, and I would love to, like, companion piece watch this with The Road for sure absolute to steal your line mm-hmm. absolute. absolute so light of my life makes it onto the shelf with the likes of apostle and klaus Ooh. <laughs> oh you got me there Threw curveball there. that brings us to our plugs for next week since it was my week to choose i'm gonna go about my plug first mm-hmm. uh i recently remembered i didn't even watch this i just remembered a part from this short film that i'm going to be plugging and it's so fucking funny that I just wanted everyone to watch it. Mm-hmm. It is a short film by the YouTube channel Britannic, and it is uh, their f- final project for uh, for their film class in NYU, which is fucking bananas. Like it's shot on film and everything. Uh, at least I think it's shot on film, but it's it's just it's just stupid. Yeah, very stupid. Uh, if I'm honest, the first. Eight or nine minutes is better than the the last six or seven minutes, um, but there's enough in that first eight or nine minutes that's worth the watch. And it is called "Eagles Are Turning People Into Horses." Everybody hates you. I hate you. He hates you yeah, so did you much. Did you take my ginger ale? Did you do it? Did you take my ginger did ale? Did you take it, Anna? We know you did. Oh yeah, because I have a lot of things. No, I don't, Anna. I've got ginger ale. I had ginger ale, and then you drink it. You like to walk around and you steal a drink, and then you go, mmm, this is a tasty drink. I do enjoy this. Ha ha ha. Oh, wait, no, that's not how you sound. Did you take my ginger ale? How did you look at me like this when you when you laugh like that, and you take his ginger ale, and you go around marching from state to state in your little trotty car? Did you take my ginger ale? Hannah! You sit in your fucking tower and you look down on those beverages which aren't yours and you say, I will have that. Thank you muchly. Nobody else drinks it! <laughs> As they do. As they do. And that is on the YouTube channel Britannic. All right. Well, there it is. Yeah. So with my plug that I actually was talking about earlier with the movies that I had watched, mine's going to be the movie Canvas, which is only like nine or so minutes. Um... And it's it's basically just 
a short film about a black family and the grandmother, you know, you know, maybe I can't say too much. It's even saying something might possibly be a huge spoiler because it's only nine minutes, but it's, it's a really nice heartfelt, um, little short film and it's amazing. It's like Pixar, except for, you know, not ruled by completely over Disney and it's on Netflix. So I, I know most of you son bitches have that. Mm-hmm. So just, uh, just go watch canvas. It was, it just came out December 11th. So those are our plugs for this week. That brings us to our assignment for next week. Glenn Jumin Button Onius Catunius the Third. Don't know what that was, but that's what happened. What is your pick for us to watch next week? Are you ready to hate my life? Because I know. Oh God. Because you could watch two movies in the time that this movie is, uh, you know, its length. So you're gonna. I. I don't know if you know this, but I'm trying to get to a movie a day, and I'm no, doing that I, by I, watching I, mediocre 90-minute no movies. Idea. I had no idea. <laughs> I gotta watch. I gotta watch mediocre 90-minute movies. Come on. <laughs> well, this one is going to be. This was something that I came across on Netflix, and there's a song in it that is. It's come up a lot in movies just since this came out. And uh, I actually never even knew it came from that. And you know what? I'm still not even going to say what it is because I can't remember it off the top of my head. But uh, it's been a long day, okay? Mm-hmm. And this is going to be Fiddler on the Roof. A Fiddler on the Roof. If I were a rich man, yabbidibidibidibidibidibidibidum, all day long I bidibidibum. If I were a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work hard. Yabbidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidum. You are asking me to marry you. Yes, I am. Bring me a ring, for I'm longing to be the envy of all I see. Or Papa, make him a scholar. Or Mama, make him rich as a king. When shall we make the wedding? (laughs) Thank you, Papa. What else could I do? Thank you, Papa. You won't be sorry. You won't be sorry. I won't be sorry. I'm sorry already. Sunrise, sunset. Hey. Hey. I'm honestly, I'm a little bit excited. Okay, well that's that's good. It's a rated G. It was made in 1971, and it's going to be on Netflix. Um, Fiddler oh, on three the... hours. Now I'm not excited. <laughs> yeah, three hours. I, I I was gonna pick this movie regardless, and then I saw what it was. I'm like, mm-hmm. I was gonna pick it regardless. Um, Fiddler on the Roof is a pre-revolutionary Russia 
Oh, in pre-revolutionary Russia, a Jewish peasant contends with marrying off three of his daughters while growing anti-Semitic sentiment threatens his village. It is directed by Norman Jewison, um, written by uh, Shalom Elikheim. Elikheim? Elikheim. Elikheim? I don't know. Adapted from the stories uh, as Shalom Elikheim. And Arnold Pearl. Um, The stars are Topol, or Topol, uh, Norma Crane, uh, Leonard Frey, and I honestly don't know anybody else, so I'm going to be ignorant and not name anybody else. But it's going to be on Netflix. Um, if I could remember this song, it would be amazing if I could because it's super hey, freaking diddle, diddle, something like that. Yeah, which didn't this, do it justice, but... Yeah, obviously. This film, uh, or this musical was a huge part of my growing up. I believe both, if not one, if not both of my uncles were in this back in the day before I was born. So, but because of that, my mom and dad were obsessed with the, uh, the soundtrack. So I I know that they sang a lot. Um, I feel like the song matchmakers in it. I could be wrong or the matchmaker, matchmaker, maker. I think that's in it. I could be wrong, but yeah. I'm excited. I've been wanting to watch this, just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, this is this is one that I've seen everywhere on the internet between the songs. Uh, other movies have adapted the song into their own uh, lyrics and stuff like that, but I've seen memes of the guy just laughing and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. So this is one that I've been wanting to stumble upon, and yeah, we have the platform to do that. So sorry, <laughs> you're going to have to use three hours of your time instead of you know two movies to make three hours. It's, it's going to okay. be just one. You silly goose! I'm I'm on track to have 370 movies. So Heck I, yeah, brother! I could spend one day watching one movie. <laughs> one whole day to watch yep. this. <laughs> so Fiddler on the Roof is our pick for next week. That is on Netflix. As always, you can check out our website at KeystoneFilmReview.com. Instagram, we are Keystone underscore Film underscore Review. Twitter, Keystone underscore Film. Facebook, Keystone Film Review. YouTube, Keystone Film Review. We will start putting videos on there again eventually. Mm-hmm. Just kind of hard with the pandemic. And on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we go, hey, diddle, diddle, little, 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 or something like that. That's exactly how we're going to do it. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody. I promise you we're not drunk. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.